Time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody and welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! This is a show where we wake up in the Saturday morning sun and plop down the living room for the big wall of sugary cereal and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And this morning, as part four of our October celebration, we watched Coraline. Chosen by you guys, if you voted for it, you know, several weeks ago. I don't remember when the poll was up, but it's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. But good I, job, everyone. Yeah, good job, everybody. Except for me. I voted Paranorman, but... Yeah, I voted a different one, too. <laughs> but that's okay, because Coraline is still a great movie, and yeah. we'll talk about that. So Coraline came out in 2009. It was created by Henry Selick and Claire Jennings based on the 2002 Neil Gaiman novel of the same name, directed by Henry Selick, who also directed Nightmare Before Christmas, um, James and the Giant Peach, and Monkey Bone, for anybody who cared about that. What the heck is Monkey Bone? I've never heard of that. It's like a, uh, I've never seen it, but I know it's a Brendan, Brendan Fraser is a star of it, and Uh-oh. it's like a, it's almost like a... In um, a Who Framed Roger Rabbit-like way where it's a mixture of not animation, but like claymation, I think, with the real world. Weird. Okay. Yeah. Uh, again, I've never seen it, so I could be completely wrong, and it might be like a, a crime drama, but I'm pretty sure that's what I'm <laughs> that's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, he directed those, and uh, produced by Leica Entertainment, which is an American uh, stop motion animation studio. And Pandemonium Studios, distributed by Focus Features. This was their first um, stop-motion animation or really claymation. I think just their first animated film, period, for Focus. For a short synopsis, an adventurous girl finds another world that is a strangely idealized version of her frustrating home, but it has its sinister secrets. Like buttons for eyes. Like buttons for eyes. Yeah. I think that's their most sinister secret. Yeah, I mean, and that's not even a secret. I mean, that's pretty, like... It's pretty that's out It's like there, the yeah. first thing you see. Well, yeah. I mean, I guess spider moms, too, but we'll yeah, get to that. Yeah, spider moms. We'll get there. Spider mom, spider mom. <laughs> so, Chris, who are some of the actors who played in this movie? Coraline was voiced by Dakota Fanning, the mother and other mother voiced by Terry Hatcher. Miss Spink was voiced by Jennifer Saunders, Miss Forcible by Don French. The cat was voiced by Keith David, who is super awesome. I love that guy's voice. Mm -hmm. Um, The dad was voiced by John Hodgman. YB was voiced by Robert Bailey Jr. And Mr. B was voiced by Ian McShane, which I never would have guessed at all. But now, like, after I saw his name with it, I'm like, oh, okay, I can hear it. Who, who is that? Who is that guy? Um, He's been in a lot of um, random things. He was in, like, Deadwood. He was uh, in um, that last terrible Pirates of the Caribbean movie we saw as Blackbeard. Oh, okay. Yeah, that guy. He was in um, Game of Thrones this last season as like that you... the monk guy or the guy at the monastery or whatever. Okay, okay. <laughs> I can see like the wheels trying to turn, but they're like yeah. rusty and squeaking. I'm trying to picture it, yeah. Uh, if I saw him, I would know. Yeah, you would definitely recognize his face. All right, so for a few tasty marshmallows out of our big bowl of Coraline cereal, the character YB Lovett is not in Neil Gaiman's novel. He was created so Coraline wouldn't have to talk to herself, and so she would have a friend her own age. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, 
I actually saw the movie before I read the book. You know, I honestly didn't really even think of it when I was reading the book that that YB wasn't in it. Yeah, he's kind of I mean, he's he's still an important character, especially in the movie. But yeah. he's still a very background character. Yeah, well, I mean, he's got his points in the movie where he um, mainly, I guess, at the very end, he kind of mm-hmm. saves her a little bit. But yeah, other YB. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, also, the band They Might Be Giants, who we actually talked about during our Tiny Toons episode, wrote 10 songs for this movie, but a change in tone from a musical to a darker production meant that all but one was cut. Really? And the only one that was, yeah, the only one that was used was when Coraline's other dad is playing the piano and singing that song to her that he's making up. And really? that's actually, yeah, that actually features uh, John Linnell's voice, who is one of the singers for They Might Be Giants. Oh, man. Like, as soon as you said that, I knew exactly which song you're talking about, too. I can definitely hear it now. Uh-huh. Definitely sounds like a They Might Be Giants thing, for sure. Yeah, the way that it's got, the the wording to it's awesome, and just the way that it kind of spins off of itself. Like, yeah. once I saw that, I was like, oh, okay, yeah, now I Makes I so much understand. sense. You know yeah. what? Like, I like They Might Be Giants quite a bit. But I'm glad that they didn't do 10 songs in this movie because well, it would have been the, so different. Yeah, since the mood changed, there's no way it would have worked out. Yeah. Like, could you imagine Particle Man being in this movie anywhere? <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. They're, yeah, they're just too goofy and, and fun and silly. And this was, yeah, this was kind of a dark movie. And I love it. I like the darkness of it. It's amazing. Uh, also, um, one of the crew members was hired specifically to knit miniature sweaters and other clothing for the puppet characters using knitting needles that were as thin as human hair. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty insane. There was so much love that went into this movie that there was a person hired specifically to knit miniature sweaters. That's amazing. Gotta, I know. You just got to let that kind of <laughs> <laughs> resound a little like, bit in your head. How do you apply for that job? Like. <laughs> You just, I, I know. Are you just in the want ads? Right. Or I guess Craigslist at That's this point. So weird. Like, what references would you use to get a job knitting tiny <laughs> <Yeah>. sweaters? Like, <laughs> hey, but kudos. Those were nice sweaters. Yeah, she did a great job. He or she? Was it a she? she did he, or, I, I have no idea. They did a great job. Yeah. Stay gender neutral. Yes. Uh, lastly, in a shot of Coraline on her bed, there is a photo of her and her parents beside her, in which her hair is brown rather than the usual blue implying that the character Coraline has dyed her hair. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. I never would have like thought of that. Like I just figured mm-hmm. it was one of those things, you know, that you just accept it like her hair is supposed to actually be black or something and they make it blue just for contrast and Yeah, no, it's yeah, specifically they have her I I mean if you you can even see in her eyebrows that her eyebrows are brown like her mom's. Wow. <laughs> I see. I yeah. didn't even think of this. That's cool. But you don't think of it because it's kind of it's such a like magical world, or right. like that everything's really well. Not everything in the in the real world, everything's kind of bland. But in the other world, things are really colorful and bright, and so it kind of matches that mood. Yeah, but that also grounds it a little bit more for me because I'm like, oh, okay. So really, like a lot of it's very down to earth. Yeah. Because her hair was not even blue. I mean, she dyed it. So it's like, okay. So it's supposed to be a more realistic world Mm -hmm. instead of just that the character aesthetic looked better with blue. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it also shows, you know, she's kind of a bright spot in a 
kind of a dull world. Yeah, that's a good point, too. Yeah, so I think there's a lot that goes into that, but they don't even mention it. It's such a small scene where you see yeah, that photo. That's that a it tiny doesn't detail. Even, it doesn't even entirely focus on the photos. So I mean, it's like, wow, okay. That detail's like as tiny as those little sweaters. Oh, <laughs> way to bring it back. <laughs> yeah, brought it back to where we were like two minutes ago. All the way back, yeah. <laughs> it's like a retro thought there. Right. Uh, so, uh, Chris, do you have any memories of this? So you said you had watched it and read the book? Yeah. Um, I don't remember the first time I've watched the movie, but I, I loved it immediately. And I've watched it quite a few times, probably, I, I would say at least five times uh, since it came out. And I was just, I was immediately drawn to it because I love this kind of animation style. I mean, I loved Nightmare Before Christmas, but ever since that, like, Rudolph um, claymation type you know, like yeah. animation and, and, and um, puppet Stop type movie. animation. Yeah. yeah, like I love that kind of animation going back to that. And um, it just fascinates me. And the um, the colors and the mood and the music, all of it together. Like this is my kind of thing. It's it reminds me of like movies like um, Pan's Labyrinth is another one. It's just that really stylized kind of thing that just really appeals to me like almost anything tim burton's involved in is the same way because mm -hmm. they all go for that same dark surrealist theme and yeah absolutely love it absolutely love it so yes yes <laughs> yes you have yes. good memories of it. i do have memories yeah. i remember this yeah <laughs> i remembered all those good things those were good things yeah. yeah i i think i actually saw Coraline. no i know i did i saw it in theaters and um i think i saw it in I think I saw it in 3D originally, and it was, I mean, you can tell, actually, okay, that's another, another thing to mention is that this movie was the first stop-motion animation film that was shot entirely in 3D. Wow, so, mm -hmm. that's crazy. But it still it still completely works as 2D. You don't, it's not yeah. reliant on the 3D, but there are some scenes where it's like, whoa, like the hands come out and stuff. I, I remember really loving it even then, and as you'll hear me talk about some today, Spoiler alert, that still holds true. I still love it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I made what, the tugboat what was, noise. Yeah, why, where did that come from? <laughs> that was my spoiler alert. <laughs> that, it, it was a tugboat for some reason. <laughs> now we have to use that somehow. <laughs> Anytime a spoiler alert, we have to tugboat it. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. It, do it doesn't, but I like it. <laughs> So sorry. All right, so so I guess since there's since we didn't do the episodes on this one, it was only just the movie. Let's go ahead and talk about it. Let's jump into it. Um, I guess we should address the elephant in the room real quick and be like, so this isn't a cartoon, <laughs> which is okay. we we always do cartoons, but this isn't. But as we talked about the last episode we did at the very end, we chose a bunch of for this poll. We chose all movies animated in this style. Mm -hmm. um, specifically because they are still technically animation and because we wanted to hit those movies that you want to watch around Halloween that you'll see on, you know, ABC Family or something on a Saturday morning, you know, the day or day before Halloween or something like that. So right. that is why we, we did this poll with these movies and really glad with the choices. So you're stuck listening to it anyway if you didn't want to hear something that isn't a cartoon. I mean, I think it's okay for us to branch off into other animated features like this because sure. it just doesn't, 
I mean, if we call that Saturday morning animation boom, it doesn't have the same ring to it. So yeah, it's very true. It sounds really yeah. stupid. So <laughs> Saturday morning animation boom. It loses the it loses the whole ring to it. Oh yeah. Well. So anyway, Coraline. This movie for anyone who hasn't seen it, you should probably just go watch it first and yeah. not listen to this because there's oh, going to yeah. be spoilers. Please Tug watch it. Please watch <laughs> it. <laughs> Yeah, there's going to be spoilers, so uh, know that, and if you have seen it or you just are curious what you have to say about it, then please stick around. Can we trademark me making that noise so that Maybe. no one else can use it but me? I don't... <laughs> I don't know that anybody has license on the tugboat noise, so yeah. maybe you can be the first. The tugboat, tugboat. Oh my gosh, <laughs> the tugboat noise from your mouth specifically. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think I could trademark yeah. that. I'm sure I could probably get away with it. As long as you write it out just like that. Tugboat. <laughs> How noise do I spell that on the the form? The tug tugboat noise from mouth specifically. Like, well, I mean, like uh, you would have to probably put what it what it is oh like i'd have to write the noise yeah how would it be like is there r's in it ah. how do you, do you what letter are you starting it with me i i think so it's a that's b kind of an m or a, is it a b i think so b. <laughs> i don't know so it just <laughs> this is I, so the, stupid then i think it would just be like b e e e e and then o's there might be a U in there towards the end also. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. All We've right. jumped the shark. So, yeah, this movie, <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of like what I was saying in the memories thing. To me, this, this perfectly hits that sense of wonder and creepiness. At the same time, you know, it's it's there's some lightheartedness to it. But anything, like you're expecting something sinister to happen at any moment. Which right. is just part of the fun of this movie. It's part of the appeal. It's just fantastic. You know, I really liked uh, YB's, uh, like his motor, or his, not motorcycle, his bicycle helmet and stuff. Yeah, it's got like a skull it. and some sort of like and he had, light or something on the. Yeah, it's got like a miner's light on top yeah. or something. And then he's got those cool skeleton gloves. Like, I wish I was that cool as a kid. Right? I just got beat up a lot. Now, if I had a skull helmet, no one would touch me. Yeah, really. Um, I didn't um, catch, like, I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times, but I never noticed for some reason, or just didn't put two and two together, that during the beginning credits, you're seeing the other mother stitch together a Coraline doll. Yeah. I mean, I remember the doll, I, I just, for whatever reason, I guess I never paid attention to that's what she was making. Which is mm -hmm. dumb because, I mean, it's zoomed in on the whole thing and it's very yeah. obvious what she's That's, doing. And it's doing it for a very long time, Yeah, it's too. like five minutes and it just so didn't click for me. You're going to have to sleep through the first five minutes and to miss that. I like, guess. Like, I'm probably yeah. <laughs> getting popcorn or a beer or something while it's mm. doing that part and I just don't pay attention, but... Yeah. Just to, yeah. Just to touch on the plot a little bit, just kind of an overall thing. So we've got Coraline here, who is, as the description says, an adventurous young girl. And she's kind of trapped in a spot. Her family just moved. They moved to a what used to be, uh, well, I guess it still is a Victorian mansion, an old one, but it's, it's being kind of rented out to different families. It's like an, so, they made it like apartments. Yeah, exactly. Pink and Alice. so. Yeah, the Pink Palace, and it, that's actually being rented out by YB's grandmother. 
Yeah. Yeah. And so with in Coraline's family, like they just move in and we find out immediately that she's being a little a little neglected, not because her parents are bad, but because they're so busy that they don't really pay much attention to her. Yeah, they're both kind of workaholics and they become just completely lost in their jobs. And um, Coraline doesn't have any siblings or anything. So, I mean, you know, she's a little girl with nobody to play with. She's very creative, has a very big imagination, and Mm. nobody to give her time. And having been an imaginative kid myself and had no siblings growing up, I can definitely, like, sympathize with that. I I mean, because there's nobody else around. So, of course, you're going to try to get your parents to, like, play with you or do something. And they're just too busy. So, it's just kind of like, you know, it it makes you so restless and just it kind of makes you kind of a brat because you just need some kind of attention. Yeah, because you don't have anybody to juggle any of your, like, angst or anything off of. Right. And uh, especially since she's just moved, she moved away from her friends, too. So she literally has no one at the start of this movie. YB comes into her life, but she's immediately annoyed by him because he's just he talks a lot and he's very... Very much a boy who does really gross things. And he was kind of a stalker, too. <laughs> yeah. He's, yeah. like, following her around in the woods, and it was kind of creepy. So, And oh, we also, that's where we get to see Keith David's cat, too. Yes. Well, before not, we not know his cat, David. but him as the cat. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, we get to see the cat running around. And um, Coraline, I think the cat was unnamed, too. I think it was just cat. Yeah, I don't think they give it a name either. Um, Coraline thought it was YB's cat, but YB said it's just a stray. But mm. the stray just kind of follows them around like the whole movie. Yeah, but the stray is also a very important character because yeah. as we get to see... So due to this boredom, you know, she's trying to find entertainment where she can. She finds... Uh, Coraline finds a small door at the kind of low on one of her walls and she's curious what's behind it but she can't open it's locked and so she has to bug her mom about it and you can tell there her mom is very annoyed because she won't leave her alone she's trying to do something and she finds a key opens it up and there's just a brick wall and so she's like well nothing there yeah the door was kind of like um it looked like it would be for a crawl space or something and yeah. then they open it and yeah, it's just bricks like it was walled off for the apartments or something. And then they're like, oh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that night, um, there's a little mouse running around in Coraline's room. And so she's like, oh, weird, and decides to follow it. And the mouse gets out to the living room and pops through that door. So she's like, where she opens it. And now instead of bricks, there's this like beautiful purplish blue like tunnel for her to crawl through so she crawls through it and pops out on the other side and she's just in the living room again but it's different yeah (laughs) it's it's the other side where everybody like we said earlier has button eyes black button eyes it's kind of like the upside down from stranger things you know like yeah it's that alternate reality where there's a lot of similarities but it's uh not the same yeah, I mean, it on first glance, though, it's more of a right side up because yeah. it's brighter and happier than where she is currently. Yeah, her parents there are super nice and, like, wanting to give her attention and making her all kinds of food. Man, I would go yeah. over there. Yeah, making her whatever food she wants. You know, the, they even, um, like, make YB where he can't talk anymore yeah. <laughs> just to please Coraline. 
What we come to find out is that the doll that YB gives her previously that looks like her and as Chris was saying, was constructed at the beginning of the movie, was actually kind of spying on Coraline. Mm -hmm. So to find out what she likes, what she hates, in order to adjust this world to suit her needs. A, a couple more interesting things just about some of her neighbors. So, and I'm trying to remember back on this because I, I read about it earlier, but the 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 guy who it has the mouse circus. Mr. B. Mr. Yeah, Mr. B or Mr. Bobinski or whatever his name was. Yeah. He, the reason that he is like um, the bluish greenish color is because, and you, you see a, a metal in his apartment when you're up there that's actually for kind of a nuclear waste cleanup crew back in Russia. What? And so supposedly, uh, and this is just speculation, but the reason he's that color is because of most likely due to the nuclear contamination that he got being part of that cleanup crew. Wow. And that's another one of those like small things that, and this is kind of, you can take it or leave it, but it's like in a world where everybody is a normal color and he's just a bluish shade. Yeah. It's like it kind of makes sense that that's why. That's interesting. Man, they did put a lot of hidden detail into this movie. Oh my gosh. Also, the two older women who are their neighbors, they were previously burlesque stars. Oh, that makes and, some sense. Yeah, you get to see it, the movies that you see that like the posters that they are in, you, you see kind of their younger selves on these movie posters in their apartment and right. the movies are uh, Julius sees her like S E E S and then H E R and then Oh um, my gosh, really? Yeah, like, yeah, and then King Lear like L E R like leering. So Weird. it's these burlesque movies that they were in. That's funny. Yeah, so <laughs> Another small detail that just kind of is funny to mention. Wow. Yeah. So the, the, a little bit of hidden adult humor right there for that. Yeah, exactly. Um, so what happens is she wakes up in her own bed back on in the real world and um, she's bored again. She, she's like, OK, she can't get through the door again. It's closed once again. She finds, like, some mail and decides to take it to the neighbors. That's when she meets everybody. Like, she meets Miss Spank and Miss Forcible, like you were mm -hmm. talking about. And they are they have um, terriers everywhere, like, tons of terrier dogs. And, yeah. and, and a lot of them are even, dead. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're stuffed on their mantle. Yeah, they taxidermied their dead terriers. And I they, like how one of them is already dressed like uh, the oh, dead ones are yeah, in the angel that's... outfits. And she's like, well, he's getting older. Yeah, so. and the dog's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, no, not yet. Yeah. Um, so they're, those two are really funny. They're really entertaining. They also give her a very important something that really, in the end, helps her out quite a bit, which is that little... Um, yeah, it's like a little like, triangle stone with a, a hole going through the middle. Yeah, it's like a little triangle sight thing. Yeah. And, oh, and they read her fortune through tea leaves. That's right, yeah. Essentially telling her, don't go back through that door. That's what she keeps getting from everybody is basically, yeah. don't go through that door. When she talks to Mr. B upstairs, same thing, except through his mice... So he That's has right. a, a mouse circus, yeah. and uh, yeah, his mice are apparently telling him to tell her 
not to go through the door. He doesn't know what it means, but he's saying that's what they're telling her. Those are very smart mice, apparently. Yeah, exactly. Of course, it was a mouse that went through it in the first place, but then that might have been one of the mouse, one yeah. of the mouses, one of the mice, mice? from the <laughs> other side. Working exactly. for the other mother. Which ended up not being mice at all. Yeah. Um, so she eventually she goes back through it again because, you know, the movie needs to progress. <laughs> um, yeah. Plus, I mean, it looked cool when she was there. So why not? So she goes to the other side and she goes out to see the garden. And the garden, like this is one of my favorite parts of this movie was the garden because mm-hmm. it's so beautiful. There's so many colors. It's nighttime out and the colors are kind of like fluorescent. You know, there's like bright blues and yellows and they're glowing. And man, is it just awesome. Her, Yeah, the the garden looks great. And this garden is actually designed to look like her. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like if you if if you go kind of aerial view, it's her face that's carved out of everything. I loved her dad's uh, kind of not a tractor, but what he was riding. It was like a praying mantis kind of tractor thing it looked awesome yeah it was still kind of like a tractor but it was shaped like a praying mantis it had like the the head and the arms that's another example of something that was made to please her based on what she likes in the real world because right her the praying mantis was a frame that was being used to hold up her friend's picture and so it's tying that back into the other world yeah and then in this world she goes and visits the neighbors um and sees how how different they are oh yeah Um, she gets a big show yeah mr b has this big elaborate show with the mice like he has this little tent that they go inside um and she's with the other yb at this point too who can't talk and he's leading her around and inside this tiny little tent that they crawl into, the inside's gigantic, like an actual circus tent. And the mice are doing all these super cool tricks and stuff. Right. And then um, when she goes and meets the uh, Miss Forcible and Miss Spink, they are in like a big theater and they're performing on a stage. And um, <laughs> there's tons of terriers in the audience, which is just funny. But one of them, I think it was Miss Spink. I don't remember which one it is. Maybe it's Miss Horseball. Is in like a bikini and has the most enormous breasts ever in this tiny bikini. And it's really gross and uncomfortable because they're (laughs) still like super, you know, they're they're really old. But they they do this little song thing and, and they start running into each other and everything falls apart. And you think that they mess things up. But then the curtain opens back up and what they do is they are on this like these trapezes like they're gonna do a trapeze act and all of a sudden they like reach back and they unzip their skin and which falls away and it's them but they're young and super thin and very attractive um mm-hmm. and but they have the buttons for eyes you know yeah, and um so yeah then they do a little act and stuff like that and they get her or they get Coraline in on it by throwing her around with the trapeze and it just seems like a lot of fun, you know, like she's having a great time with everything. Yeah, it's fun with no seemingly no repercussions at that point. Right. Um, next time she goes in the house, her other mother had left like um, a table full of pizza and hot dogs and cupcakes and all kinds of awesome stuff that <laughs> any kid would absolutely love. Um, any kid or any adult, if you're talking about us. Right. Um, the cat followed her in this time and the cat is super sarcastic, which is great. 
Um, but he's also telling her that this is not the place that she thinks it is like at all. So the cat can talk in this in this realm. The yeah, cat can yeah. Talk. In the real world, it can't. But in this one, it definitely can. But the reason it doesn't have and she this is what strikes her curiosity at first. It doesn't have button eyes. So she's like, why are you the only one here without button eyes? And it's something that can cross over with her. Right. And now this is where like we start seeing that there might be something else going on. Aside from the warnings and the thing that the cat said is that Coraline's parents like come get her. Um, and when they come to get her from the those women's apartment, um, the other YB looks terrified when he sees them. Specifically when he sees the mom, he looks really yeah. terrified. And he kind of just like slinks away. He like runs away and they, they take Coraline back inside the house. And I think that's when they, is that when they tell her that if she wants to stay, she needs to replace her eyes with the buttons? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they present it to her in like a nice like package where it's like, we made these just for you. They're still trying to sound very positive about it and make it very appealing. As appealing as sewing buttons into your eyes can be. And she says she needs to sleep on it. But what she's expecting is to wake up in her regular world yeah. again. Because that's what happened when she went to bed there any other time. Right. And she woke up and she's still in the same place instead mm -hmm. of back in her back in the reality and stuff. Right. Um, and I like this, too, because, well, she goes into that one room to talk to other mother. And now the other mother is like hasn't shown her full form yet, but she's a little bit different like her like limbs are too long her, like her neck is a little too long her head is slightly pointed and all everything seems a little too sharp mm -hmm. um but this is not her final form yeah so we end up finding out and i i don't remember exactly where in the plot that this was but i think it comes almost right after that there were other kids who fell victim to this before Coraline. Yeah, it was like she was acting out, and so other mother threw her in this room and locked it, and then she ran into those. She ran into the ghosts. Yeah, the ghost kids who were the previous victims. You know, there. It's kind of the thing where it's almost like the the witch in Hansel and Gretel, where she offers them, or she has a candy house and stuff, and everything's super appealing, but she just wants to cook them. She makes it really appealing. She appeals to them by spying on them with those dolls like I was talking about earlier. And then these kids, unfortunately, did take the button eyes in order to keep these great things coming to them. To keep this awesome life that was presumably much better than the one that they were living at the time. But what ends up happening is the... Was it Bedlam? Yeah, the Bedlam, which is like a, a way... A, another word for kind of either old hag or witch or something to that effect. Yeah. But um, she uh, would get bored with the kids and then eat them or eat their souls or take their eyes and hide them. So their souls would be trapped there because they did not have their eyes in order to actually move on to the next to the afterlife. I think the girl is supposed to be YB's grandmother's sister. Yeah, it's uh, it's her twin sister. I can't remember yeah. if there were more than there was more than one girl there, but yeah, one of them was the twin sister who we find out a little bit earlier went missing or yeah. had a doll that looked just like her too. So we yep. can kind of get the picture by piecing it together. And yeah, that's who she does run into at that time. And what ends up happening is 
she finds out that the 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 bellum the bedlam loves games and so in order to survive she really has only one option which is she's gonna try to negotiate i just thought of something and it just blew my mind so uh, th- during the credits the very beginning when other mother's making the Coraline doll she takes an existing doll and takes it apart and and remakes it into a Coraline doll and i'm like oh my god that other doll was the doll of yb's grandmother's sister right yeah how how am i just now catching this <laughs> well stuff? apparently you just cut what that scene the for the hell? first time <laughs> oh my gosh Okay. It's all awesome, though. Isn't it great how it just ties itself together like that? Man, they were so thorough with this. It's just amazing. Yeah, exactly. Um, She also finds out that the um, Bedlam or whatever took her parents. Because she goes back to her world first, I think, before the game starts. And finds out, like, her parents are gone. Like, she can't find them anywhere. She goes to see, because her mom is getting groceries, and she sees the groceries on the table and checks them, and they're completely rotten. Like, they've been sitting there for days. Yeah. Um, Yeah, her parents are missing. Okay, it's actually uh, Beldam. Like, B-E-L-D-A-M. Beldam. Beldam. Is it really Beldam? Or Beldam, maybe. I don't know. I'm just going to say other mother. (laughs) Other mother. let's, Let's stick to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so she's got to not only does she want to go back and um, be able to help the kids, she's got to save her parents and herself. So she's got a lot on her plate. Oh, yeah. Here's where the little triangle that she got from the burlesque women ends up coming in handy because the eyes are hidden in plain sight. The eyes of the, uh, the dead kids, children. And that's how she's going to free them. And yeah, and so the only way for her to find them is when she looks through the little triangle, everything else is black and white except for the eyes. Whatever they're hidden as is actually colorful. So she's able to determine where those are. And as she picks them up, and we can talk a little bit about how she picks them up or the, the form that it takes in a little bit, but as she picks them up, the environment that they're around, that they are constructed around, just starts to fall apart. Yeah. And you know what? Everything's kind of like by the time she gets to each place in the first place, everything's really messed up. Um, Yeah. Like, so she goes to Mr. B's and the apartment is now like really dark and dingy and just ratty. He comes out and but you don't see like his face is gone. Like there's no head. It's just like the clothes and the clothes are moving on their own and he's talking really weird and his voice is super distorted. And it turns out he's just a bunch of rats inside of this costume yeah like he was constructed purely from rats yeah with one of the eyes inside of him like the it's almost like that was like powering or like that was what was like holding it together you know right and now now that the lies are starting to fall apart like so is the illusion right um so she is trying to get the eye but one of the rats grabs it runs out of the apartment and that's where the cat comes back and the cat kills it and with the uh with the burlesque women I, they turn into so they offer Coraline in the real world some taffy some really old taffy yeah and so in this world once you know things are going uh, in disarray and the lies being the illusions being lifted they st- they start turning into like candy or like creatures made out of candy yeah they look like 
they almost look like corpses, but like one of them's green and one of them's pink. And they're yeah. inside, like, were they in, like, cobwebs or something? They're inside of something. And and all the uh, all the terriers not, that they had yeah. were turning into bats. Yeah, and they were creepy this time around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, so they weren't turning into bats. They were growing bat wings on the terriers. Yeah. That was really creepy. Yeah, yeah. it was. She finds that one of the eyes was inside whatever cocoon that the the women were in. She, so she reaches in to get it, and then they like wake up and they're like hissing and and trying to like grab her and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. And she manages to get she I think she was flickering a flashlight and manages to get the terrier bats to like fly down like they're gonna attack her, but she jumps out of the way and attacks the women instead. So she grabs the eye and books it and gets yeah. out. Yeah. And the last one is in the garden, right? Yeah, and, like, I love this one, especially, like, I mean, partly because I get to see the garden again, but this part was so creepy, and um, I love how this one just came apart. I thought this was cool, too. And, and, and what the dad does is pretty awesome. Yeah, we get the sense that, and this is kind of as we work throughout the uh, the story in the other world, we see that not everybody is against her. Uh, for instance, YB, other YB isn't. And that's why he, his mouth is eventually stitched up so he can't say anything. Or it's removed entirely, I think, so he can't yeah. say anything. And then same with her dad. Like he, or with other dad, is he's kind of dropping hints yeah. without seeing it directly at first. Even in the the song that he sings her that we were talking about earlier, that's dropping a hint about what's going to happen to her. Right. Um, and when we see him, like, it's almost like his body's deteriorating a little bit. Like, his mm. mouth is sagging. Um, he's, his shoulders, everything's really drooping. Um, yeah. His voice is super distorted, like, really low and just really creepy. He, and he's turning into part of the garden yeah he's like he's i think he's almost like attached to that praying mantis tractor thing and it's like trying to attack her yeah and he can't well, he, do anything yeah because he's like he's attached to it because he's almost like mutated into a pumpkin at this point right yeah and so yeah yeah uh he, he's warning her and telling her like you know to get away to run but he can't help but go after her because he's still a creation of the other mother. Yeah, but she, like, runs to this wooden little bridge, and the thing is too heavy, and it breaks through it. But before it falls under, like, the other dad, like, reaches up and hands her the eye that she needed, which was really cool. Yeah. Like, he, he basically, he betrayed the other mother in favor of her, which is great. Yeah. So he's finally able to redeem himself in in some way. Yeah, yeah. And then like the whole outside of the this area is just completely falling apart. The animation for that just looks awesome, but ev yeah. e eventually everything just turns completely white and she like runs inside the house before like cuz it's like who knows what's going to happen to her if she's just out there in the middle of nothing. So she uh runs inside the house before it all collapses. Yeah, she runs back in, and then the last thing that she needs to find is her parents, which she can't find yet. And then I think it's the cat that tells her that even if she's able to, or it might be one of the kids, who it's like, even if you get her what she wants, she's still not going to let you go. Yeah, it was one of the the ghost kids that told her. So then she's got to make a, a rash decision. And actually, I think it was the cat, like, was the 
I don't remember if it was the cat that saw the parents or if she actually saw it, but there's a snow globe sitting on the mantle and her parents are inside of it. I like the uh, the way that she so she tricks the other mother by making her think that she doesn't know where her parents are. And she's like, oh, they're they're in the door down there. Right. Mm -hmm. And then because other mother is trying to gloat and prove her superiority she opens it for her just to show her that they're not there yeah because she had locked the door so that Coraline couldn't get back to the real world yeah exactly so it's a smart move on Coraline's part and then what was funny was like her next plan it's like didn't require much thought she just grabs the cat and throws it at her face (laughs) I mean that's much to the cat's surprise too because he's just like whoa 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 and um so it's like when this happens is when other mother kind of like changes to her final form, which is very spider like. Oh, yeah. Um, it's almost like mechanical spider, though. Like her arms are like like these long metal claws and stuff like that. Like her hands yeah. are just metal claws. It's very spider like in so much so that she actually has a spider web that Coraline gets kind of trapped in. And I think her eyes had been ripped out. The cat, the cat yeah, ripped her, her button eyes off her face. So at that point, she's kind of sensing things moving on her web like a spider would. Right. And I thought that was a really cool addition as well. Yeah, it and was. Coraline, just long story short, Coraline escapes. And as she goes through the door, other mother, other, other mother, other <laughs> mother is trying to get through also. And uh, she closes it on her hand and it gets chopped off. And at this point, it is the... Uh, the like metal hand. hand. Yeah, it's like yeah. needles. She She's basically going to die if she can't free herself, but her hand is still able to be animated and she goes back after the key. She's trying to get the key to reopen the door and Coraline is trying to figure out what to do with it. It's towards the beginning of the movie when she first meets YB, he meets her because she finds... Um, well, she had like a little dousing rod thing, like she was trying to find water, you know, just playing around. And but YB's like, oh, there's an actual well over here that she wasn't seeing. So he shows her. So she decides that what's the best place to put this key so no one opens that door. Let's throw it down the well. So she heads back out there with the cat who she apologizes to for throwing at the other <laughs> mother's face. And the cat's just kind of licking his paw like whatever. I don't even care about you. She gets to the well and she's going to toss it in, but the other mother's hand followed her and like attacks her right there. And that's when YB really does come and help her out. Yeah, YB actually shows up and picks up like a rock and like smashes the hand into pieces. They wrap the key up with the rock and like a handkerchief and then throw it down the well. And it's never seen again. Or is it? Dun, dun, dun. No, we don't know. No, we're not sure. We have no idea. At this this point, not seen again. And that was the end of Coraline. So Chris, I think it's about time we reach down in the little door on the wall, pull our button-eyed inner kids out from the other side, and see what they thought of the movie Coraline. Coraline is really awesome because you can escape from the creepy place through a tunnel into a much better place where a better mother makes you all kinds of treats and pizza and hot dogs and cupcakes and just regular cake. I'll trade my eyes for a cake any day. So I gave this cartoon five bowls of button-eyed cereal out of five. And now I'm gonna go play with the doggy bats. Bye! Coraline truly is another stop-motion masterpiece right up there with The Nightmare Before Christmas, Paranorman, and most recently, Box Trolls. Aside from the magically beautiful visuals and the storybook-like tale found within, 
When you stop and consider the amount of labor that goes into making every single frame of this type of film, it's both astounding and awe-inspiring. For me, Coraline gets five big bowls of crunchy cocoa beetle cereal out of five, and if you haven't seen this, do yourself a favor and check it out. But you know what? Even though I know I'd inevitably be eaten by a giant spider woman disguised as my mom, having button eyes may not be so bad if I got my favorite meal every day. Nachos? Again? You shouldn't have. The sad part is, I'd still take button eyes and being spider food for a daily dose of nachos. You hear that, spider gods? You give me delicious nachos and my body is yours. <laughs> to be... <laughs> To be, to be fair, though, that message goes out to anyone who offers me decent nachos, spider god or otherwise. Yeah, that's the whole reason I have button eyes to this day. It's not so bad, except that they kind of itch after a while and, you know, the strings kind of get worn and they fall off and you got to sew them back on yourself and it really hurts. But, I mean, it's worth all the free food, so. I know. I meant to ask you about those, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to pry. Yeah, I get pretty self-conscious about it, honestly. So do you have any final thoughts about Coraline? It's just such a wonderful movie. It's beautiful. It's an interesting story. It it does have a very storybook-like uh, sense to it. I think it's just like a, uh, I mean, it's a cautionary tale about being careful what you wish for. Because in this case, Coraline got exactly what she wished for, and that came with a high price. Yeah, that's true. And if she's anything like me, I'm cheap, so I don't like high prices. <laughs> um yeah, I think it's a beautiful movie. It looks amazing. The animation, the colors are fantastic. Um, I love the music, especially the music at the very beginning is so good. It is oh, so good, but it's, it's the words are just nonsense. Yeah, it's like but I love it's it. It's not saying anything, but it, no, it sounds great. I love it so much. Um, it's a great mix of creepy fantasy and like fairy tale, which I mean, it's Neil Gaiman. And so, of course, that's what the the story is because that's like sure. what he does and he does it super well. And it's something that adults and kids can both enjoy, which is cool. It's a movie that I definitely go back to and watch every year around Halloween and will continue to do so. Um, I actually had a, a friend um, of mine comment when I, I posted something about when I was watching it and she was like, she had just showed her daughter who's like three or something, the movie and she was fine until she saw the button eyes and then freaked out. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> so the little kids might get scared of the button eyes, just saying. <laughs> yeah. Rated PG-13 for button eyes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's such a great movie. Absolutely love it. One of my favorites. So thank you, listeners, for choosing that for us. Yay. Thanks, listeners. Well, guys, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. And next week, as we conclude our month-long October extravaganza, we'll be watching... Beetlejuice! Submitted via lots of things. By you guys. It was it was another poll. It was our, our final poll. So, Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, everyone voted on all of the things, and um, we got Beetlejuice. So, it's pretty cool. And I, and I mean, we say next week, but I mean, it's, <laughs> it's the same day. Because <laughs> this, well, this one's coming out a week late. Sorry. But Beetlejuice is coming out on time, so I'm just saying. So next episode, or in five minutes from now, if you choose to listen to them back to back. Yeah, really. Beetlejuice! Uh, just do it again. <laughs> Ooh, it, that was a weird... Beetlejuice! <laughs> I, I enjoyed doing the poll. The, the polls were kind of fun. We're going to do another one for Christmas, because yeah. um, I think I think we'll have an episode go up on Christmas Eve. And so that one will be a poll. We're going to do another. Um, it'll be a Christmas movie 
poll thing. So it'll be fun. Yeah, the polls have been fun. It takes choice out of our hands, which sometimes is what we need. Speaking of that, um, just so everyone's aware, because we've gotten so many requests and we feel really bad about like everyone having to wait so long to hear their requests. And, and Joseph and I want to be able to do some stuff that we want to do too, um, like have our own submissions. So what we're going to do from now on, we've got a couple more slated that we're going to do, but we're going to throw everything into a program. So any requests that you give us, we'll throw it in there and it'll get chosen at random so that no matter when you submit it, you'll always have a chance that yours will come up next. So yeah. we thought that would make it a little fair. Yeah, exactly. It'll be more fair. Yeah, we'll get we'll get more variety, I think, that way, too. With that said, we do have several people that have submitted multiple cartoons, which is great. I mean, we want more and more. But for the sake of just trying to let everybody else have a chance, let's try to limit the request to just one cartoon per request. So, I mean, after we we get to yours, if you want to submit another one, go right ahead. But try to just submit one cartoon at a time for now so that we can give everybody a shot at getting um, their pick chosen. Yeah, otherwise we'll bug you about it and make you pick your favorite. Yep, exactly. So I guess that about wraps it up for today. But once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. (laughs) And we'll see you next saturday and in five minutes or something oh yeah also we'll see you in five minutes spooky presented by nerd sloth a place for lazy nerds if you like what you heard consider donating at patreon.com slash nerd sloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media if you're looking for more content visit us at nerdsloth.com